In this recruiting class, USC is recruiting for its next no-fly zone. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. And if you want to become a real appreciative free subscriber, do me a favor. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and hit that thumbs up, especially if you like the episode. It means a whole lot to the show. And never forget, Locked On USC comes at you five times a week. So hit that bell notification button and you won't miss an episode. All right, so the spring evalu- uh, the spring evaluation period is a time of the year when, you know, college assistant coaches, they hit the road. And the month of May is when they do a lot of the evaluations. Um, again, coaches on the road, they're going to high school spring camps, and, you know, they also get to talk to the high school coaches and kind of fill them in, give them a little progress report, start the vetting process. And uh, this class is going to be, uh, I think they're going to emphasize defensive backs. They're going to need to. So, you know, Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, Dante Williams. uh, June is going to be when they're going to get to see a lot of these guys at USC. Obviously, Lincoln Riley doesn't get to hit the road during uh, the the May evaluation period, but the assistant coaches do. So the coaches are still, uh, they're visiting right now. You know, we're still in the middle of May. Uh, That deadline ends May 31st, and then they'll quickly transition right into USC's June uh, camp season. Uh, USC will have three, what they call their elite camps. Uh, First one will be the weekend of June 4th, and USC is also going to be hosting uh, two very significant uh, recruiting weekends in the month of June. Uh, The first one being that first weekend, June 4th. And then they'll have a, what they call their June bash two weeks later. Uh, But they'll also have a uh, other week. They have other weekends that are actually starting to fill in with other names. Uh, They're kind of rounding into shape. So June is going to be a really busy time around the USC campus. Uh, Especially for Coach Dante and Coach Grinch, um, because they're going to have a lot of those their guys visiting. Um, as I mentioned, this is going to be a, uh, uh, I think they're going to have at least five, six defensive backs in this class. So let's, let's have an update going into the weekend, uh, talking about the secondary recruits. Uh, we're, let's start locally. How about Marcellus Williams? You've heard the name. I've mentioned him many times. He's the younger brother of... Uh, Recently graduated, older brother, Max, USC Trojan. He's going to be visiting Oklahoma on June 9th through 11th that weekend. Um, And then he's going to follow up that visit to Oklahoma the following weekend at USC. That's the big June bash weekend, the weekend of the 16th through the 18th. So Marcellus Williams will be on USC's campus with his official visit then. One week 
after he visits Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, last Sunday, if you weren't aware, I believe I mentioned it, uh, on one of my episodes of Locked on USC this week, Gardena Serra's Dakota Fields. Uh, he announced his top seven schools. USC made the cut. Uh, Fields is the number 89 overall prospect in the country and the number 12 cornerback in the 2024 cycle, according to the on three in, uh, industry rankings. And then as far as in the state of California, he's considered the number 10 overall player. So high praise for Dakota Fields. He has two of his official visits uh, scheduled so far this summer. Uh, he's going to visit USC June 2nd. And then he's going to be visiting Oregon on June 23rd. Now, he's already visited both campuses unofficially throughout the spring uh, multiple times. And I know uh, Trojan fans are still a little bruised from when uh, Dakota's class of 2023 teammate, Roderick, uh, Roderick Pleasant, uh, he chose Oregon. And his... Uh, Dakota's decision is probably going to come down between USC and Oregon when he does finally uh, choose the school. Not sure when that's going to happen. It'll probably be sometime late in the summer. Now, with that said, those are uh, just a couple guys. So there are uh, there's, there's a lot of talent spread out throughout Southern California uh, with guys who play in the secondary. Uh, another name, modern days, Zabian Brown. He set his official visit for USC. Uh, so far, it's set for the weekend of June 2nd through the 4th. Uh, Oregon, Alabama, Ohio State, um, they also uh, are planning to host Zabian in the future. I don't have dates for those yet. Um but again, those are some of the teams USC will be uh, up against for Zabian's commitment. One of the top guys in the country, obviously. But USC isn't just going after high school guys. Uh, and rarely does USC go to the JC ranks. Um, and it's usually because of academic hurdles that they have to uh, contend with. And it, it's not so much because the guys in the JC uh, aren't smart enough. That's not the message I'm trying to convey. It's about transferable units. USC's got some really wonky uh, way they do things with uh, units coming from junior colleges. So they are really high on, uh, his name is, and I'm going to try not to butcher it, Sione Laulea. Laulea? So Sione La Laulie? Anyways, he got an offer back on April 2nd. He's going to the, uh, right now he's at the um, College of Mateo in, in the Junior College of San Mateo in San Mateo, California. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, if I can ever, ever spit it out correctly, that's where Makai Blackman got his career started before he went to Colorado and before he ended up at USC. Sione uh, has also earned offers recently from Oregon, Miami, BYU, Penn State, Illinois, Louisville, Utah, Florida State, Colorado, uh, 
among others. I mean, he, he's got a long list of, of school choices. So very talented. So, and I also, I don't think he's a fall about, uh, fallback plan or plan B guy for USC. He's got three years of eligibility. He's a big guy. Six foot four, 185 pounds. So Sione is going to bring a, at least a year of experience playing at the college level, albeit at the JC level, uh, if he chooses USC. And that would be important because next season, uh, USC literally could, um, they could be losing Jacoby Covington, Kalen Bullock, Bryson Shaw, Max Williams uh, to the draft. So they're going to need some experience in that room rather than just relying on a bunch of young guys. Uh, by the way, the College of San Mateo, I mentioned that's where Makai Blackman started. So I think this time USC is cutting out the middleman, um, and they're, they're just, they, they want to bring him in. They're not going to let him escape to another Power 5 team and have to play against him. Here's a, a name. Keep an eye on this recruiting battle, especially with USC jumping to the big conference in 2024. Four-star cornerback Bryce West from out of Cleveland, Ohio, Glenville High School. If you don't know, uh, Glenville is Ohio State Buckeye territory. Ted Ginn Sr. is their uh, legendary high school head coach. You probably recognize the name Ted Ginn. He played for Ohio State as well as he was a star in the NFL. Uh, USC tried to get Ted Ginn out of high school. It just it never happened. It was a long shot. But there was an actually time when USC could go in uh, and pluck a couple guys off those Buckeye trees. You know, just a couple names. Gary Jeter, back in the 70s. You had uh, Fred Davis, the Mackey Award winner. Pete Carroll pulled that one out. Um, but it's rare. It doesn't happen often. So, uh, Bryce West, here's where USC might have a little bit of an advantage. Uh, he has really close relationships with multiple coaches at USC. And he said location isn't going to be an issue uh, because he's got multiple family members who live in California. Again, USC jump into the big conference, family in LA or California, family in Ohio, they'll get to see him play. Uh, he had mentioned that he talks with uh, Lincoln Riley every week, and he also communicates with uh, other staffers on FaceTime, including his position coach, Dante Williams. So, uh, as of May 16th, when I'm recording this episode, uh, Bryce has official visits set up for USC on June 16th. That's the Big Bash weekend. Ohio State, June 23rd. And then I believe he's visiting Michigan the weekend before he comes out to USC. Quote, this is from Bryce. They're very open, Wes said. I can talk to them about anything, any situation, as far as any sport or any problem I have. You want a relationship with coaches like that, end quote. So, um, there you go. Let's uh, keep an eye on that one. I don't know if USC will be able to get him, but you know what? That would be a... Uh, that would be a huge pull, especially with USC going into the big conference. And here, I'm going to give you guys, uh, all you free listeners of Locked on USC, a little free VIP nugget from WeRSC.com's Marshall Levinson. Uh, earlier this week, uh, he talked, um, 
with one of USC's uh, high school recruits, running backs in the state of Texas, Brian Jackson. Anyways, uh, USC running back coach Kyle McDonald was in McKinney, Texas to see Brian Jackson playing his spring game. Jackson didn't play a whole lot. Uh, however, the Thunder guy, because uh, Coach Kyle McDonald was really sell selling Thunder and Lightning 2.0, Brian Jackson is the Thunder. Marshall Levinson did provide this little nugget that, nugget that Brian uh, Thunder is doing a really good job recruiting the Lightning guy, Nathaniel Palmer. Between now and the end of uh, this season is when, you know, as far as the secondary, a lot of evaluations are going to have to be done to figure out all these guys who are going to be visiting USC, who's going to, uh, who USC is really going to narrow their guys down and, and focus on to bring in. And there you got a, a little bit of a running back update as well. So don't forget, everything I give you guys here is free. WeRSC.com's got a really cool VIP sub, uh, subscription special going right now. You should probably jump on it. Hey, I've been talking to you this week about bird dogs. you got to try bird dogs. Their shorts, their pants, give them a try. They are comfortable as heck. They, You won't even feel like you're wearing anything underneath, even though you, you're covered. Trust me. Shorts or pants, they will keep you covered. But they also come with this really stretchy fabric inside, lining. It's like underwear, but you don't even feel like you're wearing anything. And as a guy, you know, comfort below the belt, it means everything. And these things are everything. Uh, that stretchy fabric, they, they kind of adapt to whatever kind of body that's wearing them. So they make everybody look good. And... What's really cool is their versatility. I can go from the practice field straight to the press box, and that's because bird dogs, they give me the freedom to wear one pair of pants or shorts anywhere. I mean anywhere. On a date, hanging out, interviewing players and the coaches. So even if you're just a guy hanging out on the couch or if you've got one of those dad bods, bird dogs can make either one of your bodies look good. So you're hanging out on the couch, pick up that laptop, go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. And when you enter the promo code locked on college, they'll throw in, check this out, a free bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every single order. You guys are going to like these things. Go check them out. Trust me. You'll like it. Um, look, Everybody knows the Pac-12 still doesn't have a new TV media rights deal. I don't know. They're going to announce it here eventually, I'm sure. I don't know what they're waiting for. It just hasn't happened yet. But does they did make an announcement recently. And I don't know. Does anybody really care about their, uh, their new fan-friendly initiatives that the Pac-12 negotiated with their current TV partners? <clears throat> Excuse me. So the Pac-12 will, if you haven't heard, the Pac-12 is going to be implementing the following in-game and pre-game football access initiatives with their broadcast partners, ESPN, Fox Sports, and the Pac-12 networks. Uh, 
Here are some of the bullet points. You're going to get in-game head coach interviews, pre-game and halftime locker room camera access, coaches and select student athletes wired on-field pre-game, cameras in the coach's booth without sound, and extended handheld camera permission. Okay. So for the next football, and I'm assuming this is going to carry over into the basketball season as well, um, this is what the Pac-12 powers that be are doing to kind of, I guess, keep the student-athletes interested um, or keep their interest peaked in a conference that may or may not even be affiliated with ESPN or Fox once their current media deal expires. Great short-term Band-Aid. I give them credit for that. But, you know, how long, this is how long I'm going to care about this until as long as USC is a part of the Pac-12 conference. And let's be honest, if there's one school that can take advantage of these new bullet, you know, fan-friendly initiatives, it's probably USC this season. Uh, I mean, imagine Lincoln Riley being asked, heading into halftime, they've got a four-touchdown lead. Hey, Coach Lincoln Riley, how's that defense going to hold on to that four-touchdown lead? You know that's going to be a weekly question. I got a smile on my face. I'm, I'm kind of kidding here, but I'm really not. Uh, I think hearing Riley mic'd up during the second half uh, when the lead is shrinking, that would be kind of entertaining, to be honest with you. So, look, I'm having some fun here, but I literally, I, and you watched with me, a 99% chance uh, probability of USC winning turn into a loss. So I would have loved to have had a mic turned on for that last five minutes of the Cotton Bowl. Because I can only imagine what Lincoln Riley was spitting out of as he was watching that, that game slip away. Um, and here's the other thing that this doesn't really affect USC with those silent cameras. Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch, they call the game from the sideline. So the silent cameras in the coaching booth doesn't really help with any of those angry outbursts. Now, maybe those handheld cameras, those might. All that aside, um, like I said, the USC team, uh, they're going to be on full hype alert this season. With There's going to be a lot on the line. You know, possibility of winning another Heisman with Caleb. Obviously, national championship, playoff appearance. But why does the Pac-12 release this type of news with, and make a big deal about it without a new media rights deal already in place? Like, maybe they have one and they're just ready to make an announcement. They haven't done it yet. But I'm sure other conferences are going to follow the leader and do the same thing with this type of stuff. So, look, the Pac-12 can call themselves the innovators. Um, but is anybody going to be watching or listening to this, to the Pac-12, once USC leaves? I don't know. How long is Coach Primetime's act going to last before the fans tune him out? Here's a cool out. Here's a really cool idea. Put a go cam on Ralphie. 
Let's see what that looks like. You know who would have fallen in love with uh, this fan initiative, this fan-friendly initiative? Mike Leach. May he rest in peace. He would have been ideal for this type of stuff. You know who else would have, if we're going to talk about USC uh, coaches? John McKay. St. John McKay. Rest in peace. He was a... He was a dry humor wit machine. I, I mean, just if you've ever re read any of John McKay's quotes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, when he was asked about how his team's, ex you know, should his, he was asked about his team's execution. He was like, yeah, they should be. They played really poorly. He wanted his team executed. Of course, he was joking. Um, he would have loved. He would have been an ideal person to have a microphone on during a game. You know who else would have been ideal as a USC coach, wearing the microphone? Coach Orgeron, mic'd up. I would have paid <laughs> for that hot mic moment, um, just to hear Coach O when he's on a tirade. Another one. How about a uh, Pete Carroll? When he uh, had his what's your deal moment with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that handshake. Definitely turn the microphone on for that one. You're going to see this type of thing happen in the big conference when USC joins. SEC is going to do it. The Big 12, ACCC, the ACC. Um, so congratulations, Pac-12. You came up with the idea. Everybody else is going to do it. And you don't even have a new media deal going forward. So get it figured out. All right. It's Friday. It's uh, time to rant. And uh, this one's a... Let me just read this. This was something that came out on Thursday. The National Labor Relations Board, Region 31, a Los Angeles regional director... Maury Rubin issued a complaint Thursday against USC, the Pac-12 Conference, and the NCAA as joint employers of Trojan football and men's and women's basketball players. And there's going to be a hearing uh, with the, uh, an, an administrative law judge on November 7th of 2023 in L.A. The complaint alleges that the three respondents that I talked about, USC, the NCAA, and the Pac-12, quote, maintained unlawful handbook rules and unlawfully misclassified scholarship and non-scholarship walk-on women's and men's basketball and men's football players as mere, as mere student-athletes, rather than employees entitled to protections under the National Labor Relations Act, according to a press release. So, the complaint states, at all, at all material times, USC was a member of the Pac-12 and the NCAA, and the institution agreed to follow their rules and standards. The complaint also states the Pac-12 and NCAA possessed and or exercised control over the labor relation policies of USC football and basketball players. So this is what they're alleging. In the 11-page complaint issued on Thursday, 
it specifically highlights some of USC's policies regarding social media and interviews with the media. That's me. The complaint cites the USC Athletics Student Athlete Handbook and its social media policy and guidelines, which according to the complaint have stated, quote, put your viewing settings on private so only your friends can see your postings, end quote. A section of the USC Athletics Student Athlete Handbook regarding interviews allegedly states, quote, we will contact you and work around your athletic, academic, and social schedules. You'll be asked to come to the Sports Information Office at an agreed-upon time to be interviewed in person or conduct a phone interview, end quote. Look, I'm not sure if, these, if this is in writing or not, this policy. But I do know this policy has been in place for interviews for a long time. It's no big deal as far as the, the media is concerned. You have a, if you want to interview a coach, a player, you put your request into the sports information department. In the past, it was Tim Tessalone. Currently, it is Katie, uh, Katie Ryan. You want to talk to somebody in the basketball program, you contact Dave Tuttle. It's not a big deal. Quote, uh, the conduct of USC, the Pac-12 Conference, and the NCAA as joint employers deprives the players of their statutory right to organize and to join together to improve their working and playing conditions if they wish to do so, end quote. Our aim is to en ensure these players as workers, like any other, can fully and freely exercise their rights. You know what they're doing? They are literally inviting the media to just say, screw you, Sports Information Department. We don't need to go through you anymore. We're going to go hang out on the USC campus, and we're going to start creeping and hounding these student-athletes while they're on their way to class or going to study or going to practice. Hey, let's talk. can you talk? Can, can you give me five minutes? I really don't understand why the National Labor Relations Board is getting involved or why they're even singling out USC in this, for this matter. It really makes no sense to me. I, I, somebody smarter than me, and there's a lot of you out there, explain this to me. Why would you get involved with this because USC is tr trying to protect their student-athletes from the media to give them a little bit of free time? Hello? the hell is that all about? Just another political organization getting involved with something they should not be getting involved with. Don't understand it. That's my rant. It's the end of the week. Thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I really do appreciate it. And again, when you're not making Locked on USC your first listen every day, I know you're heading on over to WeRSC.com. This is the time where you want to get all of your VIP recruiting information. Take advantage of the subscription special, $29.99 now through, it'll give you all the information you want through the end of August, August 31st. You're going to get a lot of recruiting information now. And I will bring you free stuff all the time, but we've got some really good stuff going on over there. So until then, until the next episode of Locked on USC, 
And there'll be five of them next week. Until then, everyone, you know what to do.